Greetings and welcome to In Tune with VHBC, a podcast about music and worship at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. I'm Marty Watts, Minister of Music at VHBC. In today's episode, I'll talk with Melissa McBrayer and share about the hymn, Fairest Lord Jesus. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Now let's get in tune. Giving praise for the beauty of creation and praise to Jesus Christ, who is even more beautiful. Fairest Lord Jesus is a wonderful hymn of praise. The text first appeared in a German manuscript in 1662 and was known in Germany, but became more widely known when a collection of Silesian folk songs was released in 1842. That collection, Schlesische Volkslieder, paired that anonymous text with a tune that we know as Crusader's Hymn or St. Elizabeth. There is no factual evidence that the tune originated in the 12th century Crusades, but that apocryphal story continues. Franz Liszt used that same tune in his oratorio, The Legend of St. Elizabeth, so some hymnals give the tune name as St. Elizabeth. What we sing in English is actually a combination of two different translations from the original German. The first three stanzas are from one translator, and the final stanza from another. Today's podcast episode concludes with a singing of Ferris Lord Jesus by the congregation of Vestavia Hills Baptist Church, accompanied by the VHBC Handbell Choir and Dr. Beth McGinnis at the organ. If you have a hymn to suggest for a future episode of the podcast, feel free to contact me at marty at vhbc.com. Week by week, I'm so glad to have um, folks who are willing to come on the podcast and share about themselves and then uh, share that conversation with folks who are listening. So uh, today, I'm really excited to welcome Melissa McBrayer. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you for doing this. Um, So first of all, I guess, tell us a little bit about what you're involved with at church. Well, at the present time, I'm one of the teachers of the Wild Goose Sunday School class, which is a mixed-age collection of friends and folks. Um, I also am returning to handbells, which I had taken a break from that seemed to coincide with COVID. Um, COVID wasn't planned, but it did work out that way. Um, And then I help with any kind of... um, you know, I work with Nancy on worship care, I'm a volunteer in the nursery. So those things when life is what it should be are good places to invest. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you have uh, a staff spouse, um, just sort of <laughs> general kinds of involvements there too. That, that pop Credentials? Up I, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been so very fortunate to be at churches that allowed staff spouses um, to choose where they wanted their involvement. Yes. And um, certainly Vestavia Hills Baptist Church has represented the very best of my experiences thus far in that, in that way. 
Very good. And um, I think my wife, Karen, would probably agree that uh, the freedom to to choose what she wants to be involved with and not um, is is a real uh, blessing, a real privilege. It, it is yeah. a gift. It really yeah. is. It's a great gift that we are given to be who we are and what we want to take on. So you mentioned um, getting back into handbells. How did you how did you arrive as a ringer? How did you get to that point? So when I was in college at the University of Tennessee as an undergraduate, um, I grew up in uh, my hometown was about 30 minutes from there. And so I stayed involved at my home church while I was in college. And I guess my sophomore year, I think I'd been there uh, maybe my second year, an anonymous donor gifted our church with a set of four octave handbells. And so they started looking for people who were interested in playing. And they had enough people that they were able to initially make three choirs. And I was in one of those. Um, I had not played handbells before, but I had played piano. And I was in marching band in the percussion section with, um, played the xylophone. And so it was a, a really fun opportunity, not only to participate in music, but to get to be around people that I normally wasn't around as a college student. Um, some older adults, some, um, we also had a youth handbell choir. So it was, it was fun. And I've then played, I played at the church we were at in Houston, and then I've played here in Vestavia. You mentioned um, playing the piano and being in the marching band. What other sort of childhood music experiences did you have that, that led into that as an adult? You know, I was so fortunate at the church where I grew up. Um, we had a volunteer um, choir program. You know, it was led by someone who was also the football coach um, in my hometown. And we had a wonderful children's choir program from, you know, the, the Mission Friends age and up. I think I was first a sunbeam. Um, and we had choir that went along with that. Um, it was a time when, you know, doing a musical was the thing to do. And so we did children's musicals. And then as a youth, we did youth musicals, um, participated some then in the adult choir as a college student. So I was just really fortunate um, to have that as a, as a foundation. I, I, feel like I'm a little bit of a broken record every time I say this, but so many people on the podcast have mentioned um, how much the church's music program for them as a child uh, formed who they became as an adult musician uh, mm -hmm. in a volunteer capacity in their church. And so uh, again, another, another example of that. I, and I think that's wonderful to have had that background. I, I was fortunate to have that myself. It, um, you know, because it seemed so normal to me, I didn't realize how special it was to have such a robust program um, and to have wonderful volunteers who, you know, were great musicians in their own right. I must admit, though, that even though I was shy as a child, I was a ham when it came to music. And my first opportunity, apparently, um, was when I was about four or five. It was on a Sunday night, and that football coach slash music minister 
asked me if I wanted to sing. And apparently I grabbed a microphone and sang my rendition of Way in a Manger and Jesus Loves Me. <laughs> so <laughs> you never know what, what you're doing when you well, have a small child of microphone. We might have to reprise that at a talent show or something, Melissa. <laughs> I think that would be a great act. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not nearly as cute as I was when I was four. <laughs> Um, well, you mentioned you went to college at UT. What did you study there? I was in early childhood education. Um, well, let me take that back. I was a child development major. Um, and then my concentration was in early childhood education, taught preschool a little bit, and then went and received a master's in exceptional education, thinking that I would do assessment for early childhood intervention. And then Mike and I got married and I ended up in a state I never anticipated living in and I never really returned to that. Um, but it was a degree and that was what I needed. So um, what uh, after that, what sort of career path have you taken? <laughs> um, I have found myself in every city that we've lived in after Mike finished seminary in some type of higher education setting. Um, when we lived in West Texas, I worked for Texas Tech University. I worked in their risk management office, which was a very odd place for me to be. Um, but that was a perfectly fine opportunity for me. I learned some management skills there. And then when we moved to Houston, I worked for Baylor College of Medicine in the Houston Medical Center. And that's where I first worked for a department of pediatrics and really honed some skills in grant writing um, and organizing and encouraging our junior faculty in writing their research grants. And then when we moved to Birmingham, I was really lucky, really, really fortunate. Sam Brown, who just passed away not too long ago, was my neighbor. And he had an office that he said he could put me in. And I think it was as a favor to Dennis Anderson. Um, but he decided I was useful. And so he kept me. And I have been at UAB ever since. I'm presently in part of the Department of Pediatrics, have an office over in Children's when I'm actually on campus. Um, and I'm very happy at UAB. Never thought I would ever get to retire from anywhere, but hey, maybe I will. <laughs> um, has your work changed at all during COVID? Other, you know, obviously working remotely more, but uh, are there other aspects of what you're doing at UAB that have changed? Um, not too much. Like lots of people, most of what I've done, I've been able to do from home. One of the things, though, that I really like doing is sitting down with our um, very young physicians who are still in training and talking with them about their research pathway and how to get there with kind of have a research plan moving forward for things that they're going to apply for. I love doing that in person. Um, it's not nearly as fun on Zoom. There's just something... Um, much more agreeable about, you know, laughing over a cup of coffee and getting to know people's, a little bit of people's story. That's probably been the biggest change is just not meeting in person, but so much of what I do is on the computer, is writing or um, organizing or 
helping people submit applications. Um, so for the most part, I've just trucked along as I have been. UAB had um, great success over the last year with their research that has increased. And so I think a lot of people who were staying at home were writing something. Um, and so we've, we've been very busy. Well, tell us a little bit about your family. Well, I'm married to Mike, um, and we have two children. Luke turned 21 in February, which he had just turned two when we moved to Birmingham. Mm -hmm. He's a junior at Mercer University studying environmental engineering. And then we have Maggie. Um, She is a sophomore at Vestavia Hills High School. She's about to start her. She's just started this week, her last nine weeks of school. Um, so summer is in front of her and, um, and we have a new puppy, uh, Poppy, the puppy, <laughs> um, a member of the family as well. Um, and then my mom is here in town. She moved here about four years ago. And so she is part of our you know, family that is in Birmingham. Yeah. And both of your kids have uh, musical inclinations as well. They do. You know, they're so different. Um, But yes, they both have uh, participated, of course, in the children's choirs at church um, and up through what's, you know, what you've been able to help our um, teenagers do, which has been great fun. I've enjoyed given my own experiences in the past. Um, Luke really um, found the trombone and took off with that and loved that. And Vestavia has a marvelous music faculty. Um, And so starting at Pazitz all the way through high school. So for six years, he was part of one one jazz band or another. And that was really his great love. Um, He did carry his trombone to Mercer and was able to play in their jazz ensemble when his other classes have allowed. Right now, he's not able to play. Um, He can carry a tune, although he doesn't like to admit it. Maggie um, plays in the high school marching band, and she is a perfectly fine musician as well. I think she would say that she's in it more for the social aspects than the music. Um, but I'm so grateful that we have that in our school system and complementing that with what we have at church. Cause I just think there's so much more, um, with music than without. Well, I agree. And, uh, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with Maggie being in it for the social aspect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. we are so fortunate. Um, Mr. Horton is our high school music, um, band director and, He's a, he's a character in a lot of ways, but he has, he really instills in them, I think, some quality characteristics about, you know, how we treat other people and um, how we can use the things that we have access to, like music. So I've really appreciated him. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, at the end of every podcast conversation, I ask my guests the same question. So I will ask you, um, in the spirit of the Bible verse, John 10, 10, the second half, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Melissa, what's bringing you life? 
you know, I thought and thought about this question after I realized it was going to come up. And, um, you know, I'm not going to give you the Sunday school answer that it's Jesus. <laughs> um, I am going to tell you, though, that it is part of it, that it is relationship. Um, you know, COVID has been a terrible thing. But this last year has provided us the opportunity to spend bonus time with our college student and bonus time with our teenager and the opportunity for my mom to kind of have some space to get well after her health last year. And then the faces that I see on our Zoom call every Sunday morning with our wild goose Sunday school class. Um, I don't know how people make it without relationship without people that, you know, want to know how you're doing um, and people that you're invested in. So I would say that it is, it is the people who I'm in relationship with and maybe a tiny little bit, the new puppy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a relationship too, right? That counts. It's, it's a relationship. It's yeah. very one-sided right now, but um, it's a relationship too. Yeah. Well, I, you know, um, throughout the COVID pandemic, um, seeing Sunday school classes like yours that have, uh, and, and classes of all ages that have been able to remain connected, whether by Zoom or, you know, telephone mm -hmm. calls or whatever, but uh, you're so right that those relationships, especially now when there's so much separation uh, unavoidable separation for us to be able to remain connected. I, and I'm, I'm thrilled that you have that and that so many others in our church have been able to, to take advantage of those opportunities. Me too. Me too. Well, Melissa, this has been a delightful conversation. Thank you so much for setting aside some time today to talk with me. Well, it's been my pleasure. And I think somebody needs to uh, turn the tables on you at some point and do the very same thing. You know, that, that may happen. They, that may happen sometime, <laughs> sometime soon, sometime soon. Right. All right. Maybe you'll get ambushed one day with a microphone. Who knows? <laughs> well, thank Thanks, you, Marty. Melissa. Take care. Mm -hmm. It's easy to find new episodes of this podcast. If you subscribe, Today's episode concludes with the singing of Fairest Lord Jesus.